we have an anchor. You know, it's all the Lord, too. He's the anchor. He's the line. He's the rock. He's the ship. Um, the haven of rest is my Lord. Um, great, old, great old hymn. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 6 this morning. Luke chapter 6. Just going to read the first 11 verses and then we'll pray and then get into the message for this morning. And just want to remind you, even before I read the scripture, um, who it is that we're going to be looking at. And, and I'm just so, I just absolutely, I love the Bible, but I really, I love the book of Luke. And why do I love the book of Luke? Well, because it shows so much of the humanity, the human side of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love him. I'm not ashamed to say that. And I'm just saying, I love the Lord, and I love his word. I just love to go through the scriptures, and I hope that that shows. And um, so anyway, chapter 6 of Luke, and the first 11 verses, and uh, it says, And it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first, that he went through the cornfields, and his disciples plucked the ears of corn, and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, Why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? And Jesus answering them said, Have ye not read so much as this, what David did, when when himself was hungered, and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God, and did take and eat the showbread, and gave also to them that were with him, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests alone? And he said unto them, that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. The scribes and Pharisees watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. And then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? And he looking round about them, and sorry, and looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand, and he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And they were filled with madness, and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come to the word of God today, and we look at these scriptures, we, I ask for the help of the Holy Spirit of God, he who breathed out the scriptures, as he was directed by the Father and the Son. That's biblical. And so, Lord Jesus Christ, as he stood on earth, as he said today in our passage, he is and was and always will be the Lord of the Sabbath. And so what he said, we could, should say, and what he did, we should do. All right, so just help us, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Sabbath day, Jesus is continuing his ministry. And so the events set forth in our main Bible passage for the passage for this morning took place on the Sabbath. Luke 6 1 mentions the second Sabbath after the first, and that means it was a very special day 
Now, the Bible itself doesn't give any further explanation. If you happen to be in Israel that day, at that time you would know exactly what this is all about. Now, there are two possibilities, and I just put these before you just to, so you realize what a special day this was, whichever of these it would have been. Um, some commentators and Bible historians believe that it refers to Pentecost, which is the second principal Sabbath. The first principal Sabbath was the Passover, or that it might refer to the first Sabbath after the second day of unleavened bread that would make it the Sabbath after the first sheaf of harvest had been cut and been offered as a wave offering unto the Lord. Now these things took place kind of in the same general time frame. And so there's a lot of things. In fact, we're going to be looking at some things as we go through this message this morning that will help, I think, put some things in perspective. And so um, the time what the Lord said and did on that day, which is covered in, in Luke 6, 1 to 5, and what he said and did on another Sabbath in verses 6 to 11 is very significant. Right? We're talking about the Lord here, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Lord. He's the Master. Whatever He says about the Sabbath day, we can take it 100%. And whatever He did on the Sabbath day, we can take it 100%. All right? um, so, first, before we get into the, this text, please go back with me. We looked at this already a few months ago now, probably. But in Luke 4, I'd like us to look at G. Christ's personal custom regarding the Sabbath, all right? Luke chapter 4. All right? Um, let's start at verse 14. Now, Luke 4, 14 is after the temptation, okay? And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. So that's how he's going. That's where, how he's getting. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified of all. So he went as he went around... He, one of the things he did, he taught in their synagogues, all right? Now, um, and especially on the Sabbath day, but other days too. And he came to Nazareth. Now get this, where he had been brought up, Jesus was raised in, in Nazareth. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. All right, so he's gonna, we're going to stop right there. We're going to look at the, the rest, some more of the passage tonight. But um, he, notice he says there, look at the word custom in the middle of verse 16, as his custom was. Now that's a, that's a, a very, very interesting word. In, in, the, in the Greek language, the word translated here has two primary meanings. Number one, to be accustomed, or it can mean like a habit or a practice. But it also has the idea of a requirement. And so we could say... As, as was required of him, or the way it's worded here, as his requirement was. Now, what is Jesus? We read in Luke 6 that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. And so he is, he is setting forth, he is setting a precedent here. I mean, obviously people worshipped in the, in the Sabbath, in the synagogues on the Sabbath. If they're in Jerusalem, they went to the temple. And so Jesus is doing what, yes, what's required by law but what his own person and work as the, as the Lord, as the Son of God, as Lord of the Sabbath, required him to be there. Right? Now that was, and that obviously wasn't, he didn't go there just because it was required by the law. He went there because he delighted in the house of God. 
right? But, but so that was his custom. So everywhere he went, um, and then on the Sabbath day and other days, he was in there. He was there, right? He gave that time to his heavenly Father for worship. Um, now, the, the word Sabbath, some people seem to think that Sabbath means seven. It doesn't, right? It does not mean seven. The word Sabbath means to cease, to desist, to rest from normal activities, right? Now, this was based, let's go back to Genesis chapter 2. I think you know this, but I think we need to be reminded in these days when there's so much confusion out there. Um, I used to get stuff in the mail basically saying I was going to hell because we had church on Sunday. And not just me, but everybody, all you guys, everybody here, we're all going to hell because we have church on Saturday, yeah, Sunday instead of Saturday. And so I'm, you know, I know that's not true, but I, I, I always want to go. To, I always go to the Word of God. So, um, and anyway, in Genesis chapter number two, the creation account, God mentions the seventh day. Okay, and that was that was the established day in the Old Testament. Notice it would be Genesis two, verses one to three. And thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day. God ended his work which he had made and he rested. He Sabbathed on the seventh day from all his work which he had made and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. All right. Now I want you to think about something. So God took the seventh day off, right? Didn't do anything. Is that right? No, that's not right. <coughs> he rested from his creative work. And we're going to find out a little bit later some more about the Sabbath and what it means. And so it was, um, anyway, so God continued to superintend the universe. He just didn't put it on automatic pilot and say, okay, I need to rest. So that, that's not the idea. But a part of it was he set the pattern for humanity. Okay. And so let's go with that in mind. Let's go to Exodus 20. All right. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, this is the chapter that gives us the Ten Commandments. So let's pick it up in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now again, Sabbath doesn't mean seven, but it was the seventh day. So it's um, remember the rest day. That's the idea, okay? It happened to be the seventh because of creation. Right? and establishing the work week, the pattern for life, and all those things. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Okay? But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stra thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested, uh, rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Okay. Now, the again, I want to. I, maybe I hope I didn't. Maybe I didn't emphasize it enough. But the word Sabbath means to cease, desist, to rest from normal activities. So what they were, do, what they were to do, and what God said to do during those six days—labor, work, all those things—they were not to do on the Sabbath. That was a day of, to get away from that. 
And it is obvious from the Old Testament that the Sabbath day was designated as a day of worship and rest. Now, they were supposed to worship God every day. You understand that. But the seventh day was intended to be a day of special worship. right? Maybe a prolonged worship, if you want to put it that way. Um, and so that's what it was set up for. Now, now, I want you to see what Jesus said about Sabbath work. Let's go to John chapter 5. Now, I'm telling you, I want, I want you to understand, there is no contradiction, all right? Um, you can study this more, read more of the scriptures, but Jesus was not setting aside the Old Testament law, the, the moral law, and so on. Uh, he was bringing, he was fulfilling it, but he mentioned something very interesting in John 5. Okay, John chapter 5, and for time's sake, we're not going to read through all these verses, but this is where, when the Bible says in John 5, at a certain season of the year, an angel went down and stirred up the water, and whoever got pulled of Bethesda, whoever got into the water first was healed of whatever their disease was. Well, Jesus met this impotent, which means paralyzed lame man, and Jesus said, Wilt thou be made whole? And he said, Well, every time, he says, Look at verse 7, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, there's I don't have anybody, when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Now I, 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 looked, I couldn't find a verse in the Old Testament that said you couldn't carry your bed on the Sabbath day. But anyway, probably because it isn't there. So anyway, so they questioned the Lord Jesus. And verse 14, after Je afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple. Because when they first asked him who cured him, he said, I don't know. He, he left, all right? So afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple, said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, now you're made well. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. So in other words, Jesus is saying, telling us in that, that whatever that infirmity was, it was brought on by his sin, and Jesus said, don't, don't do that anymore, or something worse will happen. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which made him whole. And therefore, verse 16, did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Jesus answered, then, but Jesus answered them and said, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Now that's why I said to you that when it says that God rested from creation, it doesn't mean he took the day off and did nothing. Okay, Because as his father, my, Jesus says, hitherto means up to now. All right, from, the, from way back then, up to now, my Father works. Right? And so Jesus said, there's legitimate Sabbath work. And he said, I work. And then, of course, the Jews sought the more to kill him because not only had he broken the Sabbath, that is in their opinion, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. And they got that part right, even though they didn't agree with that. Yes, Jesus exactly was making himself equal with God. Now, let's go, I want us to take a look at another thing and that is the present importance of the first day of the week. Right? 
Now let's go to Mark 16. Again, I think most of you are familiar with this, but sometimes you get, you wonder, you get a little challenged sometimes by some of the stuff that's going on. One of the books I got in the mail, I don't know how they did this, uh, anyway, but one of the books I got in the mail made the claim, they listed several well-known preachers, like Charles Spurgeon, and different ones, Moody, and they mentioned Billy Graham, and they mentioned all kinds of preachers who said, and in this book they said, they observe the Sabbath. And they preached on the Sabbath. And, I, and, that, and that's not true. I mean, Billy Graham, some of these guys preached other days. But they were saying this, that those men set aside Saturday as the day of worship. Now, and I, you can look it up. And I've looked it up in some of Spurgeon's sermons. It's give, it says the Lord's Day, May 27th, such a year. And you can go back to that year, and you can, really, you can find out it was on Sunday. All right? First day of the week. By the way, our calendar... At least I know, I've, I've seen some calendars that are now putting Sunday as the last day of the week. And, but that's not true. That's not right. Saturday is the seventh day. Sunday today is the first day of the week. Okay? So I'm, what I'm saying is, and what happened was, in the old days, Spurgeon all the time referred to the first day of the week as the Christian Sabbath. And I understand why they did that, but you know, so these, but these, you know, these uh, birds, or whatever you want to call them, these deceivers, they try to do, use that to twist the truth and, and uh, support their argument. But let's see what the New Testament says. I, I think I have what, what I have down here. I've got one, two, three, oh, about four, five, about five references in the New Testament, and let's see what they say about the first day of the week. Now, Mark sixteen nine. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, so Jesus rose on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Right? Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Again, I just want, I just want to read one verse here. This was a tremendous day, a great day. The day that we're going to, that I'm going to refer to right now, we could rightly call it was the the beginning of the New Testament era. It was the ushering in of the dispensation of grace. It was the beginning of the preaching of the gospel. And yes, I will say without hesitation, this was the birthday of the church. All right, because again, people are are denying that today. It just drives me crazy because. They can't just take the Bible for what it says. But anyway, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all of one accord in one place. And you know what happened on that day, right? The Holy Spirit came upon them. Right now, so um, I want you to please turn back to Leviticus chapter 23 for just a moment. Leviticus chapter 23. In, in Leviticus chapter 23 is a list of feasts or observances, celebrations, if you will, holy days, that God set forth for the people of Israel. Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, talks about the day of Pentecost. Pentecost means 50 or 50 days. Pentecost means 50. Okay? Now, so the day of Pentecost mentioned here in Leviticus was 50 days after the sheaf offering, first fruits, right? Leviticus 23 instructs Israel to number seven Sabbaths 
and then to observe Pentecost on the morrow after the Sabbath. Don't, let's take a look. Leviticus 23 and verse 16. Well, verse 15. And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. And that, that, so first, the wave, the sheaf, is, is what is also known as first fruits. Okay? So, in other words, it was, they were to number seven Sabbaths. All right? Seven Sabbaths, seven sevens is 49. And then one more makes 50. So, figure it out. All right? If, what's the moral? What is the day after the Sabbath? First day of the week. What day was Pentecost? Not Sabbath, not Saturday. Pentecost was the first day of the week. Now, let's take it a little bit further. The first fruits, that wave offering. What is that? What is that picture? What is that a type of? See, everything in the Old Testament had something to do with Christ. All right? What is the first fruit? That, that is a picture of Christ's resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says about the resurrection, Christ, the first fruits. Now that's not, that, that, that the Holy Spirit chose that word deliberately, right? Intentionally. So the first fruit that they did, that, that, that they waved before God, this is the first ripened crop, whatever it was. And so they would wave it before the Lord and as a praise and as a thanks for God's bringing in the crop and for just all, all those kinds of things. And so that was a picture of Christ's resurrection. All right? Now, how many days after that was Pentecost? Fifty. Fifty. All right? How many days after Jesus rose from the grave, how many days did he stay on the earth? Anybody know? Forty. Forty. All right? Now, how many days after Jesus rose from the grave, or how many, I'm sorry, how many days after on the 40th day, he went, he went to heaven. He ascended. How many days after that? Do you know when the day of Pentecost was and the Holy Spirit came on? How many days after the 40 days? 10. 10. So, that first New Testament outpouring of the Holy Spirit took place on the day of Pentecost, the first day of the week. All right? Now, let's, let's just read a couple more places here. Um, Acts 20. All right, let's go back to the New Testament. Acts chapter 20. And um, <clears throat> and, just, and verse 7. <clears throat> Acts 20, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continue his speech until midnight. So here they're, they're, met, they're meeting together to break bread. And that's part of that would be to, to um, observe the Lord's table, remembering the, Lord, the, the broken body, the shed blood of the Lord. All right? And so when did it take place? On the first day of the week. And Paul preached unto them. All right? And now if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Take a look there. 
1 Corinthians chapter number 16. And verse 1 says, Now concerning the collection for the saints. Now this was an offering that was being taken to take to Jerusalem. As I have given, notice the next word, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. All right? So Paul's been spreading this word around. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So Paul says, on the first day of the week, you, get, you, you set aside what you want to give to that collection for the saints. All right? Now, let's go to Revelation chapter 1. And the question is this, why does it mention the first day of the week? What's, what's special about the first day of the week? Well, number one, the first day of the week is when the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Right? And the New Testament system, if you want to call it that, is not based on the creation week. It's based on the new creation in Christ Jesus. By the way, if you read the Old Testament, I should have read the verse down, I'll bring it to you next week. The Lord said, the Sabbath day was an everlasting covenant between me and the children of Israel. Right? We are not the children of Israel by any stretch. The church is not Israel. Alright? So, so, therefore, God, because he, be Jesus, is the Lord of the Sabbath and, and the the, 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 the Churches, we are we were already beginning. Now, notice when Paul started his ministry, he went into the went into the synagogues on the Sabbath because they were meeting on that day, and he preached to them. But the point came when he separated from that. It mentions in the Book of Acts, and he began to to meet with the Christians, the churches, and the churches were gathering. Of course, there were Jews and those as well, and the emphasis became the first day of the week. Now, in Revelation chapter one. Revelation chapter number 1, John says this, all right? Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, I, John, who also am your brother and companion tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Okay, now, notice that, that, that John, as a, as a point of reference, I was in the spirit. In other words, he was, in, he, was in, he was involved in worship of God. And it was on the Lord's day. All right? Now, that's the only time the Bible says, uses that phrase, the Lord's day. Now, it uses the phrase, the day of the Lord, but that, those are not the same thing. The day of the Lord is the day of when the Lord comes back, and especially when he comes to earth and you know, destroys his enemies and sets up his kingdom. But the Lord's day, so named because to honor the risen Savior and the day. Notice, the Lord's day. Why is it called that? Because it is an honor of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for centuries, that was, no, that was a no-brainer. I mean, it's in the Bible. 
you know, it's only been recently, recently I say like in the last hundred years maybe or so, or maybe a little longer, that they've tried to take the church back under the Old Testament and, and do the Sabbath and, and all those kinds of things. All right, I want to get a look at, I don't think, we probably won't get through all this. Um, but anyway, in Luke chapter uh, 6, let's go back there. We might jump ahead. But anyway, um, Luke chapter number 6, I want, to, I want you to see the activity that they condemned. All right. Luke chapter 6, and says in verse 1, Picking grain. That was the second thing I look at today. And it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first, he went through the cornfields. And his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And so you notice, so they're walking through the fields of grain, um, and they plucked off the heads or the, the, the ears, and they rubbed them, and then they ate the grain. By the way, in John chapter 12, Jesus talks about a corn of wheat. So as the word corn is used in the New Testament, it's usually referring to grain, not an ear like corn like we know it today. All right? But anyway, so they ate it. They did that. And certain the first two, certain the Pharisees said to them, Why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? In other words, not allowed. Allowed. <coughs> now the question is, who didn't allow it? Was it not lawful because God said not to? Or was it not lawful because... The Pharisees said not to. And so Jesus answering them said, Have you not read so much as this, what David did? And I love the way the Lord does that. You know, he's basically saying, You know, you guys, you experts, you experts in the Old Testament. Have you ever read about David? I mean, David was like their man, right? I mean, the, the people of Israel had three big men. They had, you know, Abraham, and they had David, and they had Moses, and they're like above everybody else. And so, Jesus said, what about David? By the way, what was going on here? David's fleeing from Saul. He and his men are starved. They're running for their lives. And so they went to the house of God, went to tabernacle, verse 4, and did take and eat the showbread. That's the bread that was laid up in the tabernacle as a reminder of God's faithfulness. It was baked every day and gave also to them that were with him, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests alone. So that, that bread was only for the priests. And the priest knew that. I mean, and if I was back there, you was back there, and we said, hey, I'd like some of that bread, he'd say, oh, no, no, that's just, that's for the priest. But he gave it to David. Why? Because David would have cut off his head if he didn't? No. I, I, I read a neat thing here um, that a special need can supersede a ceremonial regulation. This is a special time in David's life. And so the priest gave this to him and helped him Okay. Um, by the way, the Jewish tradition had 39 categories of activities forbidden on the Sabbath, and harvesting was one of them. Now, the teachers of the law even went so far as to describe different methods of harvesting. One was rubbing the heads of grain beneath between the hands, as the disciples were doing here. Now, so Jesus is saying this. He's using the example that there are times when meeting a need takes priority over a ceremony. Now, remember Jesus said, "You'll take your, your, your if your ox or ass falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, you're not going to wait till the next day to bring it out. You're going to lead your ox to water on the Sabbath day." So, what was Jesus saying? He's saying you have you've taken a day and perverted it. Now, let's go on a little bit. 
And he said unto them, verse 5, that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And then he says, another idea here, by using David as an example, Jesus is saying to them, if you condemn me for this, you have to condemn David and the priests for what they did. Okay. Now let's, we can get to that. I, I, I really want to get to this. By the way, the actuality is this. Deuteronomy 23, 24, 25 says that when you walk in somebody's vineyard or cornfield or grain field and you're hungry, you can eat. But you can't put anything into a container. Nor, nor you're not supposed to use a sickle. You're not supposed to cut down his crop, which you are allowed. And it doesn't say except for the Sabbath, all right? We've got to get some of these ideas. You know, the idea of a Sabbath day's journey, that wasn't God's. That was the Pharisees adding to the law, okay? So they were allowed to do this. In fact, I, why did Jesus do this? Because <laughs> he knew they'd find out. And to teach them the truth. All right, there's another thing he did in chapter uh, Luke 6, verse 6, healing a man with a withered hand, like shriveled up, paralyzed. In other words, the hand was useless. And it came to pass also, Luke 6, 6, that he entered into synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose hand, whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation. In other words, something to charge him with, against him. But he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he rose and stood forth. And he then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? And so there's a, I believe, there's a couple things here, pretty obvious. Number one, he's telling them, you know, think about the Sabbath day. Is it, is it right to do good or evil? Is it right to save life or to destroy it? And underneath that is a thing where he's, I'm sure, he's telling them by your restrictions and by what you are forcing people not to do and do, you are destroying them, right? Because that's what man-made ungodly religion will do even if it's done in the name of the, of the Lord right? how many people are in hell today because they followed an ungodly church right? and they use the words and everything now let's go on verse 10 looking about round about upon them all he said to the man stretch forth thy hand and he did so and his hand was restored whole as the other and they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus alright so they wanted to charge him now, I want you to please take a look at Matthew 12. All right, we're almost, we're going we're to get through this. We really need to. Um, Matthew chapter 12. And 11 to 13. Same, it's the same account. Verse 10, and behold, there was uh, Matthew 12, and behold, verse 10, there was a man which had his hand withered, and he, they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep and it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day? Will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. And he said to the man, Stretch forth, and so on. So there's the point. What would, what would happen? You might, some of you might know this. If you, if you had sheep and one of them fell into a pit and you waited till the next day to take it out, what would you have? Dead a dead sheep, right? Because they, they can't get up. So, all right, and then Mark, 
Mark 3. Let's go to Mark chapter 3. And then we're going to go to Mark 2. And I think we're done, okay? Mark 3, um, verse 4. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Same account. But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger. Now that's that... Luke doesn't put that word in there, and neither does Matthew, but Mark says he looked upon them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. He saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. By the way, that's what un- unbiblical, ungodly traditions do. They harden people's hearts. So these guys were so blind and so hard, they, they, they couldn't see the truth. Now, Mark 2. This is, we're going to close with Mark chapter 2. And this is something they they want. They want to kill him already. They, they're madness. The Bible said they're filled with madness and wrath, and they were insane. They're crazy over at Jesus for what he did. And so in Mark two, in verses twenty-seven to twenty-eight, I'd like to mention two more things, um, and then bring it to a close. And he said unto them, Mark two twenty-seven, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath, right? See, the Pharisees had made the day the important thing. Jesus said, no, when God set it up, man was the important thing. And so he has instituted the Sabbath. It was made for man. That, in other words, it means to be, um, it, was, it was for man's benefit, so how does the, how did the Sabbath benefit man? Well, let's see. Um, this is a very interesting, important point. The Pharisees and so on had made the Sabbath and their rules an unbearable burden for the people. God had never tended to be that way. The instruction he gave them in Moses' day was intended to instruct and help them in a new thing. See, there was going to be a new relationship between him and Israel. When Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, he was saying that the Sabbath was to benefit man, not burden him. And, and, and here's a good verse. In Exodus 23, 12, for example, the Lord told Moses the Sabbath was given so that man could be refreshed. It's interesting that the word refreshed literally means to take a breath when weary. So in other words, to stop and breathe. Take a break. All right, Um, so the Sabbath, the principles of rest, ceasing from daily activities and special worship were to benefit man, to be a blessing to him, and glorify God. So, it is so easy. People tend to, they say, well, we don't have to worry about that. We're not under the law. We're under grace. And we're not under the Sabbath. So I can just do anything I want. No, I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that one of the things that Americans do, and other people too, is that we disregard and even pervert the Lord's day. All right? I'm gonna, I believe that with all my heart. Because what Jesus did on the Sabbath day... Well, he didn't go, you know, he didn't do just recreational things. He didn't do things they wanted to do. You know, he did things that were necessary for the work of God. And, and my, my family knows I, I hate to do things on, on Sunday. I really do. You know, this is the Lord's day. And, there's, and so the principles are carried over into the New Testament. We need to be careful what we do on the Lord's day. All right. And um, 
you know, if we follow the example of the early believers, the early church, I mean, that they, that day was set aside and they worshiped God. And so, you know, so I'm just saying, I don't want to be a Pharisee. I don't want to make a list of what you can and can't do, all right? But let's just remember that the day, this day is for the Lord. It's for us. It's for our benefit. And I guess, I don't know. I, some people have asked me, what do you do? <laughs> you, you, you know, people kid me all the time. And Bruce reminds me a lot. I only work one day a week. <laughs> but that's not true. But, but yeah, this is, this is a big day for me, you know. Uh, a pastor friend of mine went to the doctors, and he was about 70 years old, and he was finding himself really tired. And the doctor said, well, when are you tired the most? He says, well, Sunday night. And he goes, well, what do you do Sunday? So well, I, pre I teach Sunday school class. I preach in the morning. I preach at night. The doctor said, you know what? Preaching a, a one a, a thirty minute sermon, which I've never done, um, <laughs> is the equivalent of eight hours of physical labor, eight hours of manual labor. So you're doing the equivalent of sixteen or more hours on it on, on Sunday. That's why you're worn out at the end of the day. Now I can honestly say I'm really not. I really not. Um, the, the Lord gives gives health and strength. But anyway, so but I still I try to get a little rest in if, you're, if you know what I mean. But Jesus, but see, Jesus, the word Sabbath, it's it's not even so much about not doing anything, but it's just ceasing from normal activities and having a day. If you want to say, that's what the Bible says, refresh, recharge, whatever. But then, it's the, so I, that's all I'm going to say about that. And, and we need to, but I think we need to be, I know we need to be prayerful and, and careful about it, okay? That we give God um, his proper due on, this, on his day. Now, the last thing, verse 28 says this, Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also the Sabbath. So Christ declared himself to be Lord of the Sabbath, and therefore God, and absolutely correct in all he said and did. And we can safely follow his example, his instruction in all aspects of life. And so let's, you know, let's just really make sure that we honor the Lord's day like we ought to. And again, you know, there's not a 2,000 pace limit or anything like that. You don't find that in the Bible. I mean, it talks about a Sabbath day's journey, and that was basically what the Pharisees had done and all that sort of thing. But again, remember, it's for our benefit. I will say this, and you think about it. God never intended people to work seven days a week. I mean, you know, seven in a row, whatever. He said six days, do your work, rest on the seventh day. And one of the reasons that our country is so bad off health-wise, I believe, is because we're disregarding we're disregarding what God knows about us. We're not intended to work seven days a week. Um, we're not intended to do a lot of things um, that people do today. I was reading the other day in Psalm 104. It talks about man goeth to his work all the day till evening. I would tell you it's not really God's plan that we that, that we do this, you know, night shifts and all that kind of stuff either. I mean, that's, that's what happens in our country, but... Anyway, something to keep in mind. All right, something to keep in mind. And, but make sure that we give the Lord his due. Somebody wrote, I saw this little slogan one day. It said this, give the Lord what's right, not what's left. All right? give, the, give him first, 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 first. That, that's what he desires from us. All right, let's pray. Father, thanks for this time we can spend in thy word. And we realize, Father, obviously, no question about it, that at, even the Lord and his disciples, yeah, they, they violated the Pharisees' rules, but they did not violate one, one iota, one jot or tittle of the law. 
And we're thankful, Lord. We are, I'm very thankful to, uh, that we, there is a day, there is a day that's set aside. And, and I don't know, Father, I, I would just pray even that our country might um, realize somehow, and, and I guess, it, it, that not, not, I don't guess, I know, Lord God, it has to start with us. We, we just have to lead the way and be a testimony. But I just pray that there might come a day when our country once again might recognize Thee and would just stop some of the things that are being done on the Lord's Day. And Lord, you know that my heart grieves over these kids' sports on Sundays. And we have kids that would be here today, uh, except they're playing sports and doing stuff like that. So Lord, help us to teach, help the parents. Please help parents to see what they're doing and how they're actually hurting their children. Um, and just help us, O oh Lord, to give thee the honor that's due to thy name and to thy day this day father that, that this day has been prophesied so many times and even when the psalm says this is the day which the lord hath made let us rejoice and be glad in it that's really talking about prophetically of jesus resurrection and we're thankful for him we, we do all these things in his precious name so help us lord we pray in jesus name amen all right 287 287 hymn books. Let's stand, please. 287. Thanks for listening. I just didn't want to break that up into two messages because it fits together so well. Um, I think next week is Father's Day. So, guys, you want to be sure to come and hear what God has to say to you. Bring along as many ladies too so they can hear. And uh, anyway, 287 Life on River Gold. Let's sing this great hymn. By the way, if anybody has questions on, on what we've talked about today, I'd be happy to try to answer them. I won't give you my opinion, I'll give you what the Bible says, all right? Like a river glorious,